In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In both the Old Testament and the Gospel readings appointed for our hearing today, our Lord is in the business of giving an unsolicited sign. Though Ahaz will not believe it or live to see its fulfillment, the Lord gives the evil king the sign of the virgin birth announced through the prophet Isaiah. For Joseph, the husband of Mary, the sign is also the virgin birth as announced by an unexpected angel in a dream. Ahaz and Joseph receive the same sign. The virgin will conceive and bear a son whom they will call Emmanuel, that is, God with us. And in Ahaz and in Joseph, we see in one instance the rejection of the sign and the word of God by him who is without faith. And we see the humble submission to the word of God and the reception of the sign by him who has faith. In the first place, the reign of Ahaz was marked by his wickedness. Among other acts which were detestable in the sight of the Lord, Ahaz sacrificed his own son, following not after his father David, but following instead after the foreign people and their foreign gods. Nevertheless, God demonstrates his infinite grace and loving kindness to Ahaz, in that while Ahaz is cowering in fear of the coming invasion of Syria and Ephraim, the Lord promises him protection from these enemies, and he furthermore grants Ahaz a sign of his choosing to confirm the promise. But Ahaz responds with a gesture of hypocritical and false piety, and he rejects the Lord's offer and refuses to ask for a sign. Such is the way of unbelief. And so the Lord himself gives the promise of the sign of the virgin birth, a sign which Ahaz will not see come to its fulfillment in his lifetime, but a sign which would have brought Ahaz eternal life and peace if only he had believed it. But for all of God's grace, all of God's mercy, and all of God's promises, Ahaz persists in his faithless rejection of God's goodness. For after God keeps his promise to protect Judah and Ahaz from the assault of Ephraim and Syria, instead of turning to God in thanksgiving, in praise, and in faith, Ahaz turns his back on the Lord and goes instead to the king of Assyria, Tiglath-Pileser III, and begs for protection from him. And so in God's dealings with Ahaz, we see first that God's grace and mercy are ever abundant. Although the sins of Ahaz were many and heinous, God continues to approach him from the outside with grace and with promise. But in Ahaz also we see the danger and unreasonableness of unbelief. In unbelief, Ahaz throws away the manifold grace of God in pursuit both of his own interests and also in pursuit of the favor of neighboring pagan kings. And so Ahaz is described by the writer of the Book of the Kings as one who did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, 
not only on account of his wicked actions, but primarily on account of his lack of faith. That is, that Ahaz was a king of Judah who was without faith, and he thus separated himself from the promise of the Messiah, the promise of that child born of a virgin, the one to be called Emmanuel, God dwelling with us. And because of Ahaz's faithless rejection of the word of God, the atonement and the righteous merits of the virgin-born Emmanuel are not reckoned to Ahaz. Jesus certainly died for Ahaz, but Ahaz refused the grace won by that death. For faith is the only way in which the merits of Christ are reckoned to the sinner as righteousness. And so, dear Christians, the lesson from Ahaz here is clear. And that is, you must not reject God's word, God's grace, and God's promises as Ahaz did. It's not simply dangerous, but it is deadly to faith and thus to salvation. And so when the word of God resounds here week after week, do not like Ahaz plug your ears, nor think that there is security or salvation to be found anywhere else except in God and in his grace. But that we may not learn only by way of negative example, the Holy Scripture also sets before our eyes this day the positive example of Joseph of Nazareth, the son of David. When Mary told Joseph that she was pregnant, she undoubtedly told him also about her dialogue with the angel Gabriel and that the child that she was bearing in her womb was not from another man, but from the Holy Spirit. But scripture tells us that Joseph's initial reaction to the word, to the news that Mary was expecting a child was a reaction of fear. So Joseph either disbelieved Mary and supposed that she had relations with another man to whom the child belonged, and that by marrying her, he feared he would be complicit in the guilt of that adultery by covering it up. Or alternatively, he believed Mary's word, that the child in Mary's womb was from the Holy Spirit, and he feared what that meant for the future of his marriage, and that it meant that he would possibly have to suffer. Whatever the case, Joseph determined that it was best to cut the marriage off and to put Mary away quietly as he was permitted to do by the law so that he might not bring shame and disgrace upon himself or her. But what Joseph did not adequately consider was that by divorcing the woman who bore the eternal Lord in her womb, he would be denying his Lord and refusing to take up his cross to follow the Christ. But as with Ahaz, the Lord is patient and merciful to Joseph and continues to show him grace and favor. And so while to Ahaz God sent the prophet Isaiah, to Joseph the Lord sends an angel in a dream. And much like Isaiah with Ahaz, the angel speaks to Joseph words of comfort and words of promise. Fear not to take Mary to be your wife. The child in her womb, as she told you, is from the Holy Spirit. You will call his name Jesus, for he will deliver his people from their sins. But here's the difference. 
Unlike Ahaz, Joseph had faith. The Holy Spirit had worked in him through the preaching of the word and kindled in him that great and saving gift. And so the words of the angel did in Joseph what the word of God always does to those of faith. He was first of all rebuked for his sin of fear, but then he was also given the promise of salvation to which he took hold in confident trust. And so Joseph's reaction to the angel reflected this faith. In the first place, he believed what the angel told him. And in the second place, he did as the angel directed him. He took Mary as his wife, and he named the son Jesus. And clinging to the promises of salvation that would be fulfilled by this savior from sin, Joseph submitted himself then to whatever suffering would come his way as a result. He no longer needed to fear. And so perhaps he was mocked by his kinfolk for marrying an adulterous woman. Maybe he was shunned in the marketplace for raising a bastard child. Or he may have been labeled as a lunatic for believing that this child whom he was raising came down from God the Father in heaven in order to save the entire world from sin and that this child was Emmanuel, God with us. Nevertheless, Joseph took the angel at his word, and thereby he took God at his word. And so for Joseph, whatever suffering he endured for taking Mary to be his wife did not compare with the glory that he now enjoys in the eternal kingdom of heaven. He received the child born of Mary in faith. And so for Joseph, the sign of the virgin birth is the sign of salvation. For Jesus, as the name implies, is Joseph's savior from sin. And not the sin of Joseph only, but the sin of the whole world, including you, dear Christians. The sign of the virgin birth was not only for Ahaz and not only for Joseph, but the sign of the virgin birth is for you too. It is a sign that points to the reality that Christ is no mere man, but he is God with us. God with us to save us. And that salvation, that righteousness of Christ's merit is still reckoned to us. And it is reckoned to us in the same way that it was reckoned to Joseph, that is, by faith. It is faith, after all, that takes hold of God's promise to dwell with us for our salvation. For just as God in Christ dwelled bodily in the household of Joseph, so also does Christ dwell bodily with us even unto the end of, his age, end of the age, as his word is preached, and especially as his holy body and blood are administered here in the church. Indeed, the promises and mercies of God, as we have seen clearly in the texts for today, his promises and mercies are manifold, even for us. And so, dear Christians, let this be your comfort in life and in death, in gladness and in whatever suffering may come your way because you are a Christian. God has given us the sign of the virgin birth that testifies to this. Jesus Christ, our God, has come into our flesh to dwell with us 
for our salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.